Well, Hunter, we haven't addressed this in a little while, but um, over the holiday break, we went to Dave and Buster's to do our Patreon episode that we owe people. We owe um, a second Patreon episode about, I don't even remember what, but then we recently- it's publishers. The publishers. Publishers. But we've hit an, another threshold, right? Or is that the one we've just hit is the publisher threshold? Yeah, that's yeah. the publisher so, threshold. So we owe now two- separate patreon episodes yep. for everyone yep. for helping us hit our goals uh yes one yes. of those yes. is coming around the corner uh, you should be expecting that relatively soon we just have to find uh the opportunity in the schedule to record it uh and then the publisher one i think is one we think of having a little bit more i need to do research at least i need to like actually come with some like like a plan you know i don't think you need to do research i think we just grab paul and ej and we have a, a <laughs> classic could this one be martin's v video games <laughs> i need to know good. who what what will what is your legal case we almost there was a moment where today's episode was going to have to be a legal case that you put up against no way wars <laughs> you would no never way. sue I, a game i would never sue a game i they're they're games i love games i love games <laughs> Games can be frustrating sometimes, mm -hmm. but overall, at the end of the day, I do love them. Yeah. And I think what the hook of the show is, is that I, I, that's obviously not true for you. <laughs> you don't love games. You know what I mean? You games hate have games, to win me and over. then they like win you over. So, like, really on the list, there's like five games you like, and then it's mostly games that disappointed you, <laughs> did something that annoyed you, or challenged your existence yes. as a human being. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It, there's there's no time for things that make me feel worse about myself. You know why why would I why would I bother? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and it's really just video games that make you feel worse about yourself and nothing else. So that's why <laughs> well the focus on that your primary enemy. A book isn't challenging me to finish it. You know. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. That so so one thing I would like to introduce is Matt is has got a new show, brand spanking new show called Just Dad's Reading Books. It's him and EJ, mm -hmm. fan favorites, the two the two best of the Space Cats, Beast Turtles extended universe. Uh, reading children's books mm -hmm. and commenting on them I needed, in some way. I needed a show in my life that was no difficulty, no research, just read a thing written for children. There is no conflict right. in that quest. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it to premiere. Um, yeah. And people should check it out. It's going to be very funny. It is, yeah, it's out. It is out now. Should be on hopefully all your podcast apps of choice. It takes a, some of those things take a while, but uh, keep, keep an eye out for Just Dad reading books. Anyways, let's do our uh, video game show. A eh? let's go. Hello and welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac, the definitive ranking of every video game every week at a time. I am your first host, Matt Martins, and I'm joined with second host, Hunter Donaldson. Hello. Hello, and I am your second host, and we are here today, this week, right now, right to now. talk about the Game Boy Advance classic, mm -hmm. Advance Wars, by Intelligent Systems, released in North America in 2001, mm -hmm. uh, which is why this game is part of our 2001 A Game Odyssey That's right. uh, season, this, our season one. Is this our, I believe it is, our only 
uh, Game Boy Advance entry on that list. It is, the, it is basically our what we have as a show determined is the only yeah. notable release for the Game Boy Advance for 2001, canonically. Well, well, sure. I mean, we only draft 15 games yeah, to represent sure. the entire year, and one of the games that we bounced on that we could have had instead, I think, of this would be Golden Sun. Right. Also came out on the Game Boy Advance, also in 2001. Um, ultimately, we didn't want there to be... T- too many JRPGs on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and my vote was for Final Fantasy X. But I do want to say, for all you Golden Sun fans out there that were maybe put off by that, I think Golden Sun is probably a more enjoyable game, <laughs> but maybe less representative of the year mm-hmm. in games. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, kind of, I think, where it came down for me. It's tough. I feel like this is still a time when handheld feels like a, like a, a different market is that i mean this this you know game boy advance is a huge thing and there are certain uh game boy advance games that break through into the mainstream and advance wars is certainly one of them right i have heard a lot about advance wars golden sun is one i didn't i don't think i knew about as much until i worked at like a video game store but like advance wars you would just hear about um as being a game boy advance game yeah, it was a pretty popular game. Uh, it had had a lot of playground appeal. Yes. I noticed about <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I just felt like a lot of people talked about it at school. A lot of people played it at school. Uh, we talked a lot about how the the Nintendo DS is like the perfect like high school console. Yeah. I think this game is one of the Game Boy Advance games that sort of qualified for a high good high school experience. We were not in high school when this came out, sure. of course. You know, as yeah. as been chronicled thus far in the season <laughs> we were exactly you know 11 or 11 slash 12 years old yeah uh, in 2001 so no not high school age right a uh, crazy thing about uh advance wars that i have kind of just just noticed is uh it, so it's a game about war and stuff and so the the original f- thought uh with this series was we were actually going to cover this game in a completely different context as part mm-hmm. of season zero Hunter and I were excited for the Switch uh, reboot of this series. It was called uh, yeah. Advance Wars Reboot Camp One and Two, and it was going to be the first and second game on the Nintendo Switch. And we were gonna, we were just gonna do that in general. I've never played an Advance Wars game um, at all, and so I was excited to to try that out. And then that game has been delayed and delayed and delayed due to uh, geopolitical conflicts and yeah, real uh, life this stuff. game's strange relationship with sort of a fictional. Um, probably Russia, basically, and uh, really, fictional, huh? really, yeah, fictional. Went with a I've really bad word there. Right here. Um, oh, yes. well, sorry, fictitious. Is, the intent was fictitious, there? and we we got lost along the way. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, not here, a children's book word. I see. Here's the thing that's freaky about Advance Wars. This is not the first time. Uh, in fact, this is this is there's many times Advance Wars has run into. Uh, issues with its theme and also trying to be a nintendo game it's nintendo it's family friendly but we want this war game um advance wars for the game boy advance was released in north america on september 10th 2001 yeah so i don't know if advance wars is just some sort of terrible omen that when like this game is trying to come out the like the 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 powers that be just it sets things into motion but there's a story there's another uh series there's like another game that was canceled for a long time for other like sort of loose reasons it's never you know it's it's always sort of like ooh something weird happened and maybe now is not the best time to do an advance wars entry uh as it were 
So I don't know. It's a weird series because of that tone, right? That Nintendo doing tanks and guns uh, tone. It's very strange. Yeah, I think that maybe it's just kind of a weird fit for Nintendo sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that because of Nintendo's need for everything to look cartoony yeah. and be family friendly, that perhaps they are maybe just not the best arbiters for like a game like this. Yeah. Because I will say sometimes when you're playing Advance Wars, I, I you know, it no one dies in Advance Wars. They sort of get like flicked off the screen <laughs> right you know and that's a little bit weird yeah uh actually because you know i think it's i think it's all well and good to to take the war game and you know use it as a, a field for strategy mm -hmm. like kind of role play gaming right but there does need to be a little bit of an understanding of like i think you can sanitize too much sure is my point well look at look at more recent attempts at this right Splatoon is Nintendo's first person shooter, but they found a way to like actually translate that into something that is not pointing guns at other people and, and all right. of that. It's like they, they, they took that mechanical value. You can have a tactics game and it maybe doesn't have to be actual war, but it's I just think it's really interesting that Nintendo didn't put that twist on it. There isn't some sort of major abstraction going on here. Yeah, yeah, they are just literally at war. It's literally about people yeah. going, like countries going to countries war going to with war, each but other. But also, so the, the storyline of Advance Wars is very much like you are sort of, there's these main characters that basically lead these battalions. And mm -hmm. a lot of it is just about their interpersonal conflicts, sort of. Like, at, like as if generals in war like had each other on speed dial and would just like call each other up all the time and check in with each other and like have ongoing relationships. It's I, I found that a very jarring tone while playing the game. Like you said, right. you're just flicking characters off the screen, but like, I don't know in your head, you know, they died. Like, you know, uh, you know, that's sort of at least what we're sort of building off of. And the fact that then these characters are so flippantly like, Oh, drat, you got me again. Okay. Well, we'll see you later. Anyways, 30,000 soldiers died in this battle. Like, it's well, a, sure. Yeah. It's a very, but I mean, it's, it's bloodless. It's presented without, yeah. there are no consequences for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's not, it's not it's a game with with gamified war in it that yes. has nothing to say about war really for the most part. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess you could really stretch and say that so in the events of of Advance Wars 1 um the, the story there's not much story but the story that's there is about how one country is being attacked by another. Yeah. And as you and you're playing as the defending country. Right. And as you sort of play defense you learn that the reason you're being attacked is that it's actually a counterattack. Right. And that they're like, you attacked us. Yeah. Obviously. And every other country also sort of feels this way. Um, and it's because you've been sort of impersonated, I guess. Yeah. Or, well, not your character, but a character has been impersonated. Sure. Um, and has kind of sort of uh, puppeteered a, a series of wars between these countries when actually they all have a common enemy. Right. There's a uh, puppet master trying to cause a global conflict amongst all these nations. And in the end, right. you get to turn against that one. And it's really not like for a Game Boy Advance game. It's not like that bad of a story. I mean, it's, you know, it's only sort of presented to you in between each mission or whatever. But I felt like it was a, a competently built enough, I think, especially given the the sort of very strange content, but um, as a tactics game, Hunter, uh, this is unlike 
things I'm used to. I have not played a ton of tactics games. It should be noted. I mean, I you know, Into the Breach we had her not too long ago on the show, and it's something mm-hmm. we both really, really love. And if anything, having replayed that so recently, I think set me up for uh, not success, set me up for failure with Advance Wars a little bit because they're quite different in their approach. Um, Advance Wars, especially in like, I don't know, like half the missions, almost wishes it were more like an RTS or something, or at least like a turn-based. There's a... In Advance Wars, you have your units that go do damage, but you also have buildings that you can use to build new units. Um, And and some levels use that and some don't. Some levels are just like, here are your chess pieces. Win the fight before you run out of your chess pieces or whatever. And those are generally good. Those are are like proper puzzles um, to, to figure out. But the ones with some sort of building mechanism, there's like three different, you can build boats, you can build planes, you can build uh, ground units. Those are your three types of buildings. But really any mission with buildings in it comes off as a very different flavor because the second this game allows you to put more stuff on the map over the course of the game, it drastically changes what the puzzle actually is and maybe even takes it away from even being much of a quote unquote puzzle and turns it into something else yeah so i ran into an issue i would say that i i enjoyed levels well first of all let's go ahead and talk about and so we can just get this out of the way this is a very common criticism of advanced wars but it's worth um saying here because you've maybe never even heard of this game before um it does have a very very long tutorial that yeah. lasts uh, for, uh, I don't it's very, very long. 17 um, missions. 17 missions yeah. is how long it takes to teach you the to all of the, the pieces tutorial, of the game. Yeah. And let me tell you, the game is not, like, it's not actually complex enough for 17 <laughs> missions to be necessary at all. Probably could have done it in five. <laughs> right. Um, with just some light tutorializing, like, later in the game as sure. well, whenever you get to, like, a naval yeah. mission or something like that. Um. But the problem is that Nintendo really, it feels like maybe Intelligent Systems got a bunch of notes from Nintendo being like, we really need everything spelled out just so. And we need, we're very worried that people will not understand this genre, maybe even especially in North America. Um, For all I know, the Japanese version doesn't have this problem. I have no idea. But um, it, it, it really, it explains really basic stuff to you several times, not Mm -hmm. just once. It will be like, and which is makes it very strange because I, I played this game over the course of three days, which means the t- tutorial was all in one day. Right. And it started driving me insane <laughs> because it over and over will tell you yeah. the most basic stuff, like selecting a unit yeah. will get explained like four times. Right. Um, because in the next training mission, they'll be like, remember what we told you last time? It's like, yeah, I remember it. It was three minutes ago. It's also the, it. it's the action button of the game. It's just the one thing. I just press a button yeah. to select a thing. I know how to do that. I don't need that explained. Now, why is this fair to complain about? Well, the tutorial is not skippable. You have to do oh, it. Oh, do you? I did not know that. I thought you could. It doesn't, I thought there was an option to just like jump right ahead or whatever. It does not unlock the campaign mode until you finish Whoa. the tutorial mode. It actually kicks you out to the menu and says, here's the campaign mode. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's... Di- that's awful. I did not know that. <laughs> Is it? Am I wrong? I might. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought. I thought I was correct in that because it, that's literally what happened to me. Is I finished. Did you not have to play all the tutorial? 
I no, I I I played the whole tutorial. I didn't. I never second guessed it. Is all I'm saying. I didn't. I I here. Well, wait. Let, let me just Google it. Okay. After some quick research, we have discovered it, it is a little bit of both. That's why we were both so confused. Is you don't you don't get to actually just say I don't need the tutorial. Let me move on. Which I do remember. It's just like the only option there for a while is field trading. But I thought there was like a prompt that was just like, do you need the tutorial? And I thought you could skip it. That's not the case. But you can jump to the last mission because you just have access to every single tutorial mission yeah, so all you list. actually have to do is play the last mission but it's not like the game tells you that it's almost more like a it's almost more like a cheat <laughs> to do that yeah. so you do not technically have to play the whole thing but the game never presents that as the option to you which is what makes it feel uh, kind of so strange Right, yeah, so I played through the entire tutorial because I did not know that. I should have researched whether you could skip it or not because, yeah, it got the game off to, I would say, kind of a sorry start just yeah. because I felt like it had kind of treated me like a like I was really dumb or something. <laughs> um, and then you start playing the campaign, and it's sort of like what you were saying, Matt. There are several different types of missions. There are missions where they just give you a handful of units, and they're like, okay, finish this mission to destroy the enemy's base or capture the enemy's base. Yeah. Um, and you cannot produce units yourself. You just have this set amount. Right. And that's fun. It's very much, it's very chess like in that right. way. Is it just like I've got, I move here, you know, it's, it's a turn-based kind of tile type board game, almost like yeah. a type of video game where you move your various units to specific spaces and uh, you just have to make very difficult decisions in that way. And then there are the missions where, you can build your own units that are set up more like, you know, like, yeah, like, like a Starcraft, like, yeah. a, like a general Starcraft mission of like, you do some base building, and then you get your big group of units and you take them uh, to, to the enemy and you win. The problem with these levels is that they're quite long. Yeah. And I would say they're, they're a little bit bereft of uh, tension. Right. Um, in that because it's not an RTS, because it is a turn-based game, there's not a whole lot to do, it feels like. You mm -hmm. sort of just build units smartly. Right. I mean, there's a handful of units, and and I would say as long as you're building the good ones, right. you are going to win the level. But it is wild like how much how much more of a time commitment these levels are compared to what I would say is the the more superior yeah. uh, chess, chess board right. type levels. Well, and especially imagining this on a handheld system in 2001 without even like even as a ds game where it's like i can close it and it's it's freezes everything you know it's basically a quick resume and i can come back to it later when i open my ds back up that's one thing um and then I, I don't know i guess on the game boy advance sp you could sort of do that but like on a on a standard game boy advance the the last two missions of this game took me like two hours a piece for those missions because of this right. just like build and build and build and just kind of keep sending waves of things into the front lines and all that right. Um, I, I played it on my Steam Deck, so I was playing it handheld, but, like, imagining being, like, a kid trying to, like, having this as a game I want to play at school, that's impossible. Like, that's not, this is, like, maybe a road trip game <laughs> for your handheld sure. device. Yeah, yeah. But outside of that context, like, that's an extraordinarily large chunk of time this game is asking of you for a handheld system. Well, I do want to be fair to the game, Matt, because it doesn't actually ask you for all of that time in one go. You can save yes. on any turn right. and put the game away, and you won't lose your progress or anything. From a playtesting perspective, I question how it feels to play one of these longer, yeah. you know, base-building-type missions in sittings. 
Yeah. Because a lot of the time, I feel like coming to one of those levels in the middle of a session, it feels a little bit weird because a lot of the decisions you're making on, on those levels are very micro. They're very tiny. They're yeah. like, I'm going to maybe attack the enemy's base from this direction, right. which might be a pretty difficult thing to kind of just pick back up where you left off. But also just in general, I, I guess because I don't find the game, the those levels very uh, just fun. Right. Like, and, and I don't feel like they really test my understanding of the game. They're sort mm -hmm. of like, can you just spam the field yeah. with units? Can you endure this? Yeah. Can, can you endure it? Um, especially the last mission, I kept resetting it, um, not because I was afraid I was going to lose. In fact, I could tell by the setup that I was basically guaranteed victory. <laughs> but if I played poorly, yeah. I knew that the mission was going to take a very long time. Right. And I didn't, I didn't like that. So I would restart because I was like, I can get, I can do better early so that the mission won't take as long. Yeah. Um, but eventually, I, I mean, I, I re-rolled and thought like, well, this is good enough. And it yeah. still took me a very, very, very long time to finish the final mission. Yeah. Um, and I would not say that I was having fun really for, <laughs> for any, any significant portion <laughs> of, the, of that mission. Or uh, there's like a mission right, right before, before it. that yes. maybe isn't, that, that one maybe isn't as bad. There's like, there's, there's, there's these kind of last three. Sure. And they're all a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the game just kind of poops you out. So it, yeah. th it was a weird experience yeah. because I didn't like my time with the beginning and I didn't really like my time with the end. Yeah. And even in the middle, there are these like hiccups. But in spite of all of that, I love what this game is going for hmm. and what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Hilariously, as you were playing it, uh, you and I message each other, generally speaking. And honestly, th this game, more than usual, you really started messaging me about because you were just like, I can't take this anymore. Like, I'm losing. Yeah. I'm losing it. I'm I'm just so yeah. mad. And again, because you were also just like sitting there for like a like a five hour chunk of your day just yeah. trying to hammer this game out. Um, I do think that this game asks you to do like one mission a day or whatever and then probably set it aside and come back to it later or whatever i don't i do sure. not think this yeah, is yeah. a great game to binge because a lot of the conflicts are not even that unique to each other there's a few that are and those are like the best missions right where it's like this feels distinctly about this little setup and everything right um right. those are like the very very good ones and then there's just so many where it's just like yeah yeah, yeah do the thing you do um this map is like slightly different that the, the instead the choke point is over here instead of up there and that's like the only discernible difference between it and another mission so doing it back to back to back is really daunting and you just were like constantly messaging me at a certain point you literally said that's it i'm done i'm putting it down and i'm not finishing this game i can't take it yep. anymore and yep. that was gonna maybe be it we were gonna like do the episode after that and then like the next day you were basically like i slept on it i'm feeling a little i i think i got in my own head and like you had to <laughs> you had to come back to it and even then then i knew your task was still this final mission that is like an absolute slog so then to hear a week later, you're like, you know, I think this game is like really interesting and like pretty great. I want to it's chart really the course. to think about. I want like, to figure out really... what that is. Yeah. So tell me your journey after you played the game and what research you were doing that started to win it back over for you. Well, I started watching some gameplay on YouTube. I started watching mm -hmm. how other people play the game. And initially I was a little bit bored with the idea that each the units are the same for your enemies yeah. and for you. The only distinguishing thing that 
that everyone sort of has at their disposal is whoever their commanding officer is, the CO, yeah. will have some sort of special ability. Right. And these kind of range from, and well, and it's also, they sort of have latent abilities as yes. well. Those are less explained. Right. They're not, in speaking. some cases, barely, maybe explained once in like a single yeah. block of text that maybe you could have even misunderstood. Like there's what, Sammy is a character that, I did not realize how many benefits there are <laughs> to playing Sammy until like after I, or like most of the way through the game, I was like, wait, I, I started looking up uh, uh, strategies and people were just like talking about how Sammy is essentially the only way to play. And I was like, what's that? About? I didn't, I barely played a Sammy at all. I, I really mm -hmm. like my main guy. I like the original kid and everyone online is like, the kid is useless. Why would you use the kid? There's nothing good about the kid. Never use the kid. Right. And it was then discovering all those latent passive abilities where you're like, oh shoot, there's a whole piece of this game. I completely overlooked. Yeah. And honestly, the, uh, the mech infantry and the regular infantry mm -hmm. are um a deceptively overpowered unit even not in sammy's hands just right. in general like the fact that it that you have you know there's like a giant tank unit mm -hmm. and then a little infantry unit yeah and both of those units take up space the same amount of space right. on the, the the board that you're playing on meaning that and, and infantry, obviously, a lot cheaper. Right. So as a defensive unit, you essentially make yourself impossible to invade if you just spam the battlefield with infantry. Right. There's no way that anyone's okay. ever going to break that. through. Well, and that's the thing is, like, that's, that's the part that turns me off about the game is the fact that it feels like there's so much on the table that doesn't feel... Yeah. that well fleshed out mm -hmm. but the other thing that you really got to keep in mind is that this was on the game boy advance <laughs> right this, this isn't a pc like, game <laughs> yeah this is not a pc game this is not you know this is not supposed to be this super developed experience it's supposed to be like a bite-sized chunk of of strategy mm -hmm. on a system that is not known for it that right. has no that there's no competition for it either it's just right. like here's this game series on the game boy advance that's all that's that's what you got yeah. you know yeah there are some there are some rpg tactics games but that's about as close as we get and honestly the more i played of this the more i realized that it really has its own flavor that is quite separate mm -hmm. uh from the more rpg it, like this is not fire emblem yeah basically right, right. well, uh, well hilariously thing. it is the fire emblem people intelligent systems right, yeah, this exactly. this the wars series and fire emblem are like their two main things for the so advanced wars is the first one we ever had over here on the west um but the wars series is a is famicon wars it dates way back and and fire emblem they've had forever intelligence systems would eventually go on to do paper mario uh in all of the paper mario games uh and intelligence systems is just a wildly interesting company the more you look into it they're clearly like some game developers but also like some sort of tech designer and so then they become integral to like every console gener like they were major players in making the ds development kit and their name is all over like almost every major famicom game like metroid super metroid all of this stuff like intelligent systems is involved in so it's like this brilliant group of obviously competent you know tech wizards and designers and developers and everything and yeah to think about the context of what this game is on the system that it is on Mm -hmm. shines it in a completely different light and it's and it makes more sense why people are obsessed with it because i i do think this is like one of like outside of a pokemon game i feel like this is the game i've heard the most about from the game boy advance i i can't think of a game boy advance game i know i've heard people talk about more highly than the advance wars uh games yeah 
Yeah, I, I feel like that's right. But also, at the same time, I also find the Game Boy Advance library to be one of the more lacking mm-hmm. console libraries that we could talk about. Right. Um, and that I just feel like there's... it it, it Yeah, uh, Advance Wars is great, and it is absolutely a highlight of the system. But I think it's sort of... It's, it's legacy is... Pre- I've, don't get mad at me, listener. But I feel like its legacy is a little overstated. Sure. Because... It was on a system that really didn't have a whole lot of hits. I mean, a lot of the really good stuff on the Game Boy Advance are Super Nintendo ports. Right. Well, it's like emblematic of the system Fire itself. emblematic. <laughs> Fire emblematic of the system itself, which is to say there's, there is a lack of character on the Game Boy Advance. It's, it's like porting a bunch of stuff, or if not porting, literally just sort of like making sequels to Super Nintendo games. It's like, hey, it's this, but, and, you know, we made a new game, but it's basically a Super mm-hmm. Nintendo game. And... That's the whole identity of the system is sort of this problem of like, well, it's interesting for what it is. It's because it's handheld. That's pretty nuts. Whereas the Game Boy, like the original Game Boy and the Game Boy Color felt more like it was kind of on its own separate path. Like it was such specifically different tech than the NES. They weren't just like porting NES games over to the Game Boy. They had Game Boy games. And I don't know, like there were very, very, very interesting games being made for the Game Boy. Whereas by the time you get to the Game Boy Advance, it feels like Nintendo has figured out the proper way to balance their budget for their handheld division. And it's just in like releasing this kind of stuff. They're, it just feels like they're not taking experiments. They're, they're not being experimental with the Game Boy Advance. And then something changes when they decide to go for the DS. Well, yeah, it also doesn't really help that the Game Boy Advance is not really the primary handheld console on the market for very long at all. Right. The Game Boy has a very long uh, reign yeah. as the handheld uh, console. GBA comes out in... Does it come out in 2001? I think it does. Uh, yeah. comes out In, America, in 2000. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it comes out in 2001, and then the DS follows it up in 2005. So that's not a, yeah. a long time really short. for it to be the, the reigning handheld device. And then the DS goes on to also have a really long life. Right. Uh, especially if you kind of lump in the 3DS as a pseudo sequel <laughs> sure. console and not exactly a new thing. Yeah. Even though I guess 3DS games are not backwards compatible with DS, but to me, their libraries sort of combined a little bit yeah. philosophically. Right. Um. So yeah, that's that's two handheld um consoles with a really long run, and then you have the Game Boy Advance, right. which is just kind of out. Well, there. it's funny because actually I would draw more comparisons of the Game Boy Advance feels like a sort of half attempt sequel to the game boy in the same way right. the 3ds feels like a half attempted sequel to the ds it has a hook it has a bad hook if of being 3d capable that nobody wanted or asked for um right and it's it's shelf life is not terribly short but not very notable right the 3ds library is not all that uh like it's not something people sing the praises of that often. Although there's um, there's plenty of sleeper hits and, and all that, but it's just like not a system people were buying on mass like they were the DS before it. I don't know. I think even the 3DS though got a fairer shake. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like you've got, you know, this comes out in June, uh, June 11th, 2001, the Game Boy Advance comes out yeah. um, in North America. And then uh, in North America, you have on November 21st, 2004, that's like three years and a couple months later. Yeah, right. Uh, we have the DS. Yeah. I feel like as soon as we could, we sort of said like, 
uh, don't worry about this thing. Buy yeah. this new thing right, right here. This right. is a lot more interesting. Well, especially think about how long it takes to start getting like the really amazing games on a console, right? Like the mm -hmm. Game Boy Advance basically had the first couple of years of what you expect, which is like, yeah, some launch titles and stuff where they're starting to figure things out. But then, I mean, and you have to imagine this, the DS was like on the horizon as well. So the, the right. idea that like, companies are already starting to get their ds dev kits so they're like already abandoning the game boy advance within like a year of its final <laughs> you know date or whatever right. like in two by right. 2003 people are like ah, we're actually not really developing for the game boy advance so you have like two solid years of advanced games right right yeah just looking at a list of like the best-selling ones uh on the console i feel like that just kind of tells you all you need to know i mean right. like yeah they had they had a generation of pokemon that's cool yeah they had a bad Mario Kart game and then just kind of a bunch of, they had, they had, you know, a link to the past is one of the best selling, uh, <laughs> Game Boy Advance games. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. I, that's literally just a link to the past. The yeah. Game Boy had their own Zelda. Right. You know what I mean? Like that had a different flavor, a different tone yeah. was ex like, was experimental by comparison mm -hmm. to the primary series. Mm -hmm. And then for the Game Boy Advance, we just get a link to the past again. And well, we do get the Minish Cap. Let but me wait, I, wait, wait. I okay, know. no, no, no. We have to, we have to do this. We have to do this. The top. Right, go I'm gonna, ahead. I'm gonna do the top eleven Game Boy Advance games. The top eleven okay. best-selling Game Boy Advance games. Number one, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Okay, the 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 newest, the hottest Pokemon game. Cool. Yeah, right. Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, the remake okay. of the old That's one. That's a okay, remake. An old, yeah. an old thing. Uh, Pokemon Emerald, the thing they do with Pokemon games where it's just more Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. All right, whatever. Mario Kart Super Circuit, like we said, okay, whatever. Uh, also, Intelligent Systems. That's interesting. Weird. Okay, anyways. Uh, Super Mario World, uh, Super Mario Advance 2, <laughs> Super Mario Advance, which is just Super Mario 2, Super Mario Advance 4, which is just Super Mario Brothers 3, Namco Museum, which is just a compilation of Namco games. Pac-Man Collection, which is just another compilation of <laughs> Namco games. Mm -hmm. Yoshi's Island, which is just Mario 2, Mario World 2 for the Super Nintendo. And then 11, Link to the Past. So um, if you were counting along, that's two games. That's two yeah. games that were Game Boy Advance games. Pokemon yep. and Mario Kart Super Circuit. <laughs> right. That's insane. Right. Yeah, I mean that's just that's that's how they that's how they sold this console, and you know it it worked out okay for them. It didn't yeah. work out super great compared to you know these other handhelds that I think sold much better or that yeah. I know sold much better because right. you can see it on Nintendo's own website. But right. um, but yeah, back to to pull it back to Advance Wars. Mm -hmm. It's one of the more interesting entries yes. on the list of games released for the Game Boy Advance, and I think that's why it has this legacy among people that have played it because they're like, hey. That was something that I could only get on the Game Boy Advance, right. you know, um, right. and it was in a genre that was, you know, especially for a lot of Americans, uh, Americans at this point where we were more interested in the real time strategy stuff, mm -hmm. turn based, really what? That's an XCOM thing, yeah. you know, like, sure. uh, and, and then, yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics had come out in uh, 98 or whenever it came out. Um, and so people had experienced that. They were aware of that. And then this was kind of a fusion of these two things that they already knew about. Yeah. Um, is it a cool game? Is it a good game? I think it's good. I think it's just kind of a weird game to play these days, which kind of gives me some weird thoughts for the reboot for Switch. I do think right. there's going to be a fair number of people that pick it up and then they'll see the like kind of seams of it yeah. and be a little bit like, whoa, this mission sucks. That's right. kind of weird. I'm playing a game in 2023 <laughs> yeah. that 
has like great art and looks magnificent, but then the level design just kind of goes, I don't know. Here's the mission, you know, it's this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think we should note too, then the other aspect of this game that you and I just did not touch on at all. We did not play at all. And I just, I feel like actually the legacy of this game is you can create your own maps and on the Game Boy Advance, right. you could link cable and multiplayer it. And on this, on what will eventually be the switch version i would assume you can do online play and all that you can yeah this yeah, game absolutely. does just from a theoretical standpoint it seems like it would be amazing for multiplayer because guess what yeah. i can do missions without buildings <laughs> i could just be like no 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 we just have our units against each other or if i do make a mission like with buildings it's against a human another person yeah. that i have right. to outbuild and outpace and all those things i totally understand just from playing the campaign how rewarding this game would be as a multiplayer experience especially when you could just like build your own maps and like make your specific ch choke points and make like symmetrical maps like thinking about starcraft map design and sort of you know translating that to advanced wars already makes me say this game has got to be like a very rewarding multiplayer experience yeah um absolutely uh i think it's time that we 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 should talk a little bit about um well well so you did not play this on the game boy advance whenever nope. it was hot this is the first time i've ever played it yeah i thought i had played the original but <laughs> i actually think i only played advance wars 2 mm. um but i did not know i think i knew like one kid that had advance wars 2 yeah um, so I never really got to experience it as a multiplayer game, yeah. which I think I probably would have been more into. Right. Um, but I also like did did not find it to be a very memorable experience, even though I remember booting it up and being like, "This is cool," right. you know. And then from then on <laughs> until now, every time it gets brought up, I I'm sure to mention, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> that game's it's probably cool." cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That. No. 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 That's a cool game. Um. And and having had this experience with it. I think it has uh, a lot of a lot of potential, and I'm a little more interested in honestly the DS version, yes. and possibly oh maybe even seeing a new project in the in the series. Yeah, um, because I feel like there's a lot of neat potential there, but I kind of want it to be, as far as the single player goes, like more bite sized, yeah. more tinier levels where there's you know. So there's this one level actually I want to talk about in particular that you like warned me about. Yeah, um, that is kind of I think a, a tell for some of the issues that this game runs into. Um, so there is a level where you're basically just playing defense yep. against um, a general that you've kind of just met. Like he was in like maybe the level right before it. Mm -hmm. um, and he's just kind of rushing at you. Right. And um, what you know about him, what they tell you is his tanks hit harder than you. Like, you know, he will yeah. do more damage to you. So you already right. know, like if I go, if I just dive in on him, he will win. He'll just because he, right. his units are straight up more powerful than yours. Right. Um, so I came into that being like, whoa, uh oh. But the thing is, in that level, you are you your base exists on a sort of an island that only has two bridges that yeah. that uh, will allow access to the island. And these bridges only take up one space. Right. Which means that really the only obstacle of the level is to make sure that there's always a fresh unit to sit there on the on the bridge right um and take hits as you slowly whittle them down because <laughs> the way he sends units at you is just one at a time right you literally just have to fight one unit at a time even though he his army's much bigger than you or whatever and well that's kind of neat i guess as like a oh you figured out what to do yeah 
it's a boring right. level. Then like, you have to do that for the rest right. of the level. And you have to you sit there and that. endure yeah. the like, and yeah. then I pop you off just, that one, and then right. I pop off that one. Right. <laughs> right. And Matt, you had a lot more difficulty with the the level because you did not you did not play through the level that way. Right. Which meant though, in my opinion, even though you struggled with it, you probably had more fun. Like yeah, that's the thing about the the strategy in this game is it regularly kind of runs up against this thing of like the fundamentals are pretty easy to kind of yeah. use against the AI, right? Um, but you can like, make the game not fun for yourself by by sort of cheating the AI in different ways. Like you, you can just like sort of abuse that AI to do strategic things where it's like, well, I will win, but I will not enjoy the process of that way. I won't have done some sort of tactical maneuver right there when it mattered it's just like well no i know if i do this i will eventually outlast them and i will just right. make every single level like the thing you described earlier i could just build a swarm of infantry that never stops refreshing and right. they just won't be able to kill things fast enough right yeah the the infantry will all take up space i will say though i i feel that way even about watching people play advanced wars at a high level mm. the game just sort of because of the nature of it being on a board uh, and that you can produce units just means that it's always kind of about not necessarily overpowering your opponent, yeah. but moving your units around in such a strategic way that they just can't do the they can't deal damage efficiently. It's right. always about how weak their AI is, which well, is why it's a shame that we did not play multiplayer. Right. And honestly, all of this gets to what my biggest issue with the game is, which I liked it at least in the initial playthrough, I liked it more than Hunter did. Hunter was like actively hating it uh, for, for some percentage of his playthrough and, and only in retrospect started to like it. I was kind of <laughs> fine with it um, for oh, oh, most of it. I mean, I hated how long the tutorial was. That you cannot avoid how just like that wears on you. Um, but the thing that is constantly annoying to me about the game is even on the levels where you don't have a base so you don't have to worry about building new stuff, most of those levels it's still like 20 units that you have to upkeep and right. you can't just like not do anything with them very often. It's like, well, I do have to eventually get way over to the other side of the map. So to me, what you spend a large percentage of your actual time doing in advance wars is just like, and you move there and you move there and you move there. You won't do anything this turn, but I do need you to move forward slowly yeah. one, like three spaces at a time. You just need to be moving. And it just feels like you're like checking a bunch of boxes. And then there's like, two units that are going to do something cool. Your plane's going to go over here and you're going to drop a guy off over there and then move that and 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 that. And I was even playing on an emulator where I was speeding through enemy turns. When it was the enemy's turn, I would just hit the fast forward button and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. I don't care how he gets to whatever he gets to. Mm -hmm. Just show me the end result. I don't care to know what happened to the units I was planning to do anything with. If anything, right. that's why I sort of push back Hunter earlier on, on your idea of like, if you set down the game and then picked it back up, would you kind of remember exactly what you were doing in the mission? I don't know if I feel that way because I, it's kind of what I was doing every single turn was just like, and now what's the new board state? Okay, cool. I'll do this. Yeah, stuff. You were just what's the new board state? Entire mind <laughs> exactly. Every, you every had no single plan. action. I, it was I, just, what is this action? Right. Yeah. I knew what the end goal needed to be, but it's like on so many missions, the, the two key things you're doing in almost every mission is either take the base or kill all the units. And most of the time, by the time taking a base was an option, I was also almost done killing all of the units. And so it was just like, well, I'll just right. pick one of those two things to finish doing. I very rarely could do like a tactical strike, although that is 
the key element of the speed the speed run of this game is kind of pretty funny because all they have to do is go take the base on every single mission and they right. under they know the ai well enough to know when the ai will do incredibly stupid things and they can just take the base and win with without with it looking like that would be an impossible task or whatever but I was just constantly overwhelmed with how many units were on screen, but how little I was doing with anything. Compare that to like the refinement into the breach chose to do with tactics games was like three units. That's it. And let's also display like the, the, the decision to display everything the enemies are going to do is a whole other factor. Um, but even just like you don't need to think about that many things because the point of the tactical game from my perspective of someone who really loves into the breach is thinking about all of the options I have with each unit. But right. Advanced Wars can't do this. Too many units for me to be like, to come up with like a dozen different ways every single unit could take part in this. That would that would be ridiculous. So instead it's like 10 units do nothing except for like move forward and two units I actually have that decision space. And it just so much of it feels like a waste of time. Yeah, they actually need to do stuff with. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how to fix uh, that problem except for I just know that there are levels of advanced wars that don't have that issue. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if like they only made levels like that, if the game would feel a little sparse. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if they could just kind of zoom in on what they have yeah. and that it would be a more pleasurable experience because it's just like, all right, so we'll just give you less smaller maps, less units. Yeah. And then it's just a little, it's a quick puzzle to right. solve. You know, well, if you move here, that's a critical move yes. and you, like I, I like the levels that feel like that. Basically. I love the levels that give you a completely separate thing to do too. Those are my favorite levels where it's like not even there's not even a base to take. There's one right. where it's like take uh, a number of total buildings than more than the other opponent. That one it was on the slower side, but at least it was like a different goal in mind to accomplish that and then there's a couple where it's just like survive the survive ones i thought were actually the funniest because you're not even trying to do anything you're just like how can i sneak this guy onto a boat and hide that boat in the corner of the world yeah, or something sure, sure. like i found those to be actually more enjoyable because it's just like shaking up the formula and asking me to do something kind of fun or silly or whatever uh in most yeah. of the cases so yeah my favorite ones where they were they threw out the core <laughs> sort of mechanic of how a match is done and and came up with something wholly unique yeah um i honestly might pick it up when it comes out on switch uh yeah. even with all these negative things that i've said and even the like idea that perhaps play like perhaps some people are gonna have a rude awakening because i feel like if i if i get it then i'm just gonna want to play with people online and right. i feel like that's gonna just be a much better experience i think we would have done multiplayer had our we both ordered um the analog pocket, mm -hmm. which if you don't know, is this handheld. Um, it's it's basically a mister. It's just like a hardware emulator um, yeah. for Game Boy uh, and Game Boy Advance. And it also comes with a link cable so you can do multiplayer stuff with it. Mm -hmm. um, and my plan was that we'd have that by now. Um, mm -hmm. But it's been a year and yeah. we ha we ain't <laughs> got it. And yet. no sign yeah. of when they're coming. So who knows? No sign <laughs> of it uh, really anywhere. Yeah. Um, so we ain't got it. So we didn't get to to do that. It's just right. kind of a natural thing that happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wonder if if this episode would have been different had we had that opportunity. I don't know. Yeah. Um, perhaps that's just something we can sort of save for if we ever want to talk about the reboot when right. uh, it, right. it does come. Well, I don't know when that will be. Yeah. And, and also just before to get ahead of maybe some potential like 
things you could say about that. It's like, I know that there's ways to play this online. Like, I know that there's communities that have sort of made the ROMs then also playable. Like, there's a community of people that do play this game online right. together. Right. But, like, basically, by the time we finished the campaign, I was just like, I don't need, I don't want to do that. Like, I didn't, the, the campaign did not win me over enough to mm-hmm. then continue cr- really craving more matches. I wanted to play the multiplayer for the research of this episode, but I did not, I was not dying to play the multiplayer by the end of the game anymore, even though I do think the multiplayer is like probably where it feels the best. Yeah. Well, I would say in that way, I kind of caught the bug of this game mm-hmm. uh, in, in that I have been thinking about, I mean, I played it, but like uh, over a week ago, I don't, I don't even Two remember when I played maybe? it. I've been yeah. playing so many games, right? But um, it has stayed in my memory and I have continued to sort of tool around with watching uh, people on YouTube. Right. Um, there's there's one YouTuber in particular. I wish I could remember his name, but uh, he just makes videos about Advance Wars, um, <laughs> and it's really helpful. I wish I had watched all that stuff like before, um, and I wish I just knew a bunch of people that want to play this game all the time. So yeah. I don't know. Hit me up if you happen to have a Game Boy Advance and then live in New York City and you want to play Advance Wars sometime, <laughs> because supposedly I will have an analog pocket that can play with uh-huh. a Game Boy Advance Maybe in like so. the next six months or something. Someday <laughs> it will happen, Matt. We yeah. are well on our way. No worries. Uh, okay, well, I think it's time to move into our 2001 ranking. This is a this is the 2001 a game Odyssey, and our mission for the episode is to decide amongst all of our 2001 games what is the criteria by which Advance Wars becomes the best game of 2001 um yeah i have mm. one idea the first thing that came yeah, to my got? mind and especially just in researching more about intelligent systems is that's a very apt name for them i think i do think the people behind intelligent systems are like very very smart designers especially like with these kind of mathy tactics you know paper mario is sort of like an rpg i think they're very smart designers and when i look at the rest of our list i see games that are like different qualities but in a way, I maybe think Advance Wars is the smartest game um, by by virtue of it being, you know, a tactics strategy game. That's that's helpful. But that's one metric I think about Advance Wars maybe being sort of smart close to the like the the intelligence of the design, the the just like in how the the numbers bump up against each other. Um, I don't know. Maybe you had an easier time with it. I felt like I ended a lot of missions not the like last two that are just like this sort of long slog long slog but like i said i ended a lot of missions um where i had like two units left on the missions where i couldn't build my own stuff i would end it like what felt like on the wire like i had Hmm. two units left to finish this thing out and i just barely made it out or whatever like I, i i feel like i was barely besting so for me it felt like a lot of the campaign was like relatively decently balanced but it, i think you maybe had an easier time with it because you were sort of gaming the system more with with the the like infantry tactics and stuff like that yeah and it's interesting how you've kind of phrased it that way a couple times um which i i wonder yeah i I mean i must i i we could just say that i never did that wrong no i I don't don't think that but i just it's not a thing i did at all i was barely i was building infantry with the purposes of taking buildings and nothing else Hmm. yeah so i i don't know i i i I guess i i feel like i don't quite i just don't agree with the premise sure that much okay um in that i i don't feel like advanced wars is actually in the brightest light if it's about the intelligence or i also don't even know how to uh, uh, like sure. get 
evaluate all the games by smartness. I don't know. (laughs) Um, That's kind of a tough one. What about what about we rank them by games in a genre that like needed representation the genre in a new way sure because we've got a couple games like that right um halo is kind of the next competition yeah i actually think it would be amusing if we said that advanced wars is better than halo right on a list well especially that as we do sometimes on this show like we sort of decide for a genre that needed it most right like like right that's what that was a big selling point of our into the breach ranking was like listen tactics games are oft (laughs) sort of left on the on the outskirts and so yeah we i think we could say that and also just to give more credit to this idea halo did a lot for first person shooters like on consoles or whatever but again i think if you ask like quake people they would be like i don't know man i was having plenty of fun with quake halo i I didn't need halo it it was just like a particular audience that you opened things up to with halo whereas advanced wars is a different a different kind of thing there was already a first person shooter audience in the west right whereas there wasn't really an audience in the west for these sort of not tactics rpg but just tactics games yeah so yeah maybe maybe that's our criteria now if that was our criteria would we give halo number two is there a better number two than um, Halo the, for that? The first things that come to mind are were what was high up on the list uh, last week, which is Pikmin as like a real-time strategy game, right? That, that's a mm-hmm. very strange underrepresented market that Pikmin really went for. I think Pikmin is less successful even in what it's attempting than Halo is, even if Halo's thing isn't as big of a deal as what Pikmin was trying to do. Yeah, So yeah. it's like, by those metrics, Advance Wars, I think, is more successful as a tactics game than I think Pikmin is as a real-time strategy game, right? That's sort of where I'm, yeah. knock- I'm knocking down Pikmin a couple of weeks. The other one is Smash Brothers Melee, which is something we did not talk about last week that I, I regretted, is the idea that we've talked about fighting games on this show before, and the whole thing is like, we I don't like fighting games, um, but I love Super Smash Brothers Melee because Super Smash Brothers oh, yeah, is like a right. weird fighting game right like it's not really like fighting game people don't like super smash brothers melee and super super casual players don't really like super smash brothers melee because it's not casual enough like that they have friends that take it too seriously melee exists in this very weird equilibrium of like a little bit too serious of a fighting game but also it's not a fighting game Yeah, wait, so how does that, what does that have to, oh, you, okay, so you wanted to bring that up because we missed it last we week. We didn't talk about it last week. The way I think it contributes to this discussion is to say the, the there is a space that Melee carved out in the casual fighter category that basically did not exist. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, like it, it, it kind of braved a new genre. Right. It's kind of its own genre, it though. Is. I mean, like, because yeah. it doesn't really have any, co- like, anytime someone tries to compete with it, they do so, like, kind of half-heartedly, or right. there's some sort of, like, drawback. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, we could give number two to Melee, because it's, like, a full-on new genre. Right. I think that's actually, that actually sounds closer to me yeah. to Advance Wars than any other game. Yeah. Everything else is just translation, right? They're right. bringing this to consoles. Right. Um, right. And it hadn't been there before. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the next thing that uh, sort of comes to my mind is Super Monkey Ball as this like very strange sort of framing for a puzzle game like this. The, mm. like, uh, there's not a puzzle game like Monkey Ball that exists before Monkey Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Was there there were the, the Monkey Ball genre <laughs> had yet to be defined in the West. 
<laughs> and they're bringing the idea of monkeys and balls to Westerners, even though it didn't exist in Japan either before this. I still, yeah, no, I like that. So monkey balls number number three, number four. I think I do think Halo deserves the three spot here. You, eh, <laughs> I like the idea of this being the first monkey ball game, and that that that's bringing something entirely new to the table. I think our translations are Halo and our Pikmin. Yeah. And sort of sit maybe next. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm down with that. Advance Wars, Super Smash Brothers Melee, Super Monkey Ball, Halo, Pikmin. From there, I don't care. <laughs> like the rest of this list is none of these things are on the criteria we're really describing. So um, I I don't know. Like Anachronox is really weird. Is that is is it uh, doing a new genre? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> let's give Anachronox some love. It should be number six because here's why it should be number six. Uh, because it's bringing together uh-huh, two uh-huh. genres, which sure. is the JRPG and the point-and-click adventure game, yeah. and it's making both of them a little bit worse. But that's <laughs> but what's important is the fusion. Yes. Okay. Uh, Max um, Payne comes to me next as uh, the combination of weird comic book and bad acting with a video game. <laughs> yeah, okay. Video game plus comic book. This has kind of become like a an addition kind of deal. Yeah. Um, let's say maybe I think Bongayo should be next for no reason. Yes. Um, how about that? Bongayo no is next for no reason. If you have a problem with that, shut up. Yeah. Get out of my house. <laughs> um, and then Klonoa two kind of brought Kirby uh-huh, to, pl- to, to, the to the PlayStation two. Yeah, a little bit. I was gonna say uh, Grand Theft Auto three probably deserves some credit here. You know, oh uh, yeah, uh, all right. in, in terms of genres, and maybe even more than we've already given it. Like maybe Grand Theft Auto three goes above Anachronox under it Pikmin. Brought, here's here's what Grand Theft Auto. This is the broad. This has become the broad list. What uh-huh. did it bring? Uh-huh. Okay, what did it bring to this? Grand Theft Auto three brought making. <laughs> like smoking weed in your dorm room and making movie references <laughs> to the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. video games. To video games. Yeah. It, it brought yo man have you seen Reservoir Dogs <laughs> to video games. And they didn't have that before. So yeah. there you go. Very good. Very good. Uh Silent Hill 2 brought wait, what is art to video to to the PlayStation it 2? It brought <laughs> shitting your pants to the PlayStation 2. <laughs> That's what it, it did. Shoving your fingers in holes you weren't supposed to do that too. Oh yeah, that's okay. That's that's for, that's a reference to the game. Everybody, calm down. Um, okay, Sonic or no? Well, I still want to do Klonoa too. Sure. So can Klonoa two be next? It brought yeah. it brought Kirby to the PS two, <laughs> which is so dumb because it brought. I mean, Klonoa one exists, but we're sort of just sort of ignoring that for this class. Or it brought it to the PS two is the point. Klonoa yeah. one brought Kirby to the PlayStation oh, one. Oh, oh. Klonoa two. Alien versus Predator two brought the sound effects from Alien and Aliens to the PC. Yes, very that's good. That's a bringer right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I love that. It. That's something that's brought. And then the bottom of the list, uh, I think Sonic Adventure two uh, <laughs> brought <laughs> brought Sonic to an early grave. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I think that one should be the bottom this yeah. week. This week, uh, well, Sonic I think, Adventure 2 is the bottom. Okay, I was thinking Tony Hawk 3 because literally there's like nothing of substantial originalness to, to, to Tony Hawk 3, but maybe you're right. Maybe Sonic 2 is just That's more deserving of second to last sure. in my eyes for some reason. There's a sort of glory. So Sonic Adventure 2 brought 
like the Dreamcast to its death, <laughs> which is bad. Yeah. So, so that that's why it's the worst because it brought the worst thing to the party. <laughs> Tony Hawk brought skateboards. Yeah, to the skateboards PS2. Are all right, to the <laughs> PS2. We didn't have skateboards yet, so there you go. That's our that's our 2001 right. a, a spicy one for this week. <laughs> Well, this is notable when it's like this game obviously is not the number one of the year, so we have to come up with very strange rationale to allow that to work. Yeah, I liked it though. (laughs) I liked it. The bringer list, very good. Yes. Uh, So now we got to do the main list. This is our 69th entry on the main list. The only other Game Boy Advance game we have on this entire list. Yeah. is the very bottom of the list kingdom hearts chain of memories and right. although you after the fact came around to it there was a moment where i was thinking advance wars was going to go down there with it did you feel that not that no that to say the same you never thought it would be like at the bottom towards the no, bottom absolutely not okay. um i was just angry yeah um it, <laughs> it had just made me really mad yeah um and annoyed me and it felt good to say that i was gonna try and bottom it yeah <laughs> um but no uh, it actually did uh i don't know it did all right on yeah. my personal list um i think i i think i have a good handle on where i think it deserves to be on the list in general yeah um but let's do our kind of classic and say what tens place we're looking at yeah i i it's low for me uh, again mm-hmm. it's like a game that seems cool and then was just never fun to really play. It was not that much fun to play. I shouldn't say never fun. There was cert- there were fun moments, but I put it in a, I don't know, 40s or even 50s. Some of the 50s I look at, and I'm like, well, those are games I was like getting like actively mad at and stuff and, and like genuinely not enjoying at parts. Although that's not necessarily how I feel about a lot of the 50s. Um, but some of the, some of the 50s I do. Like Grand Theft Auto 3, obviously, I've talked a lot about how much I hate. But then everything else in the 50s is maybe in the same category as advanced okay. wars maybe the 50s and it could go high the, the it could 50s. go into the 40s it could sneak into the 40s cool, basically cool. no I, I i like this i like this because i'm gonna say in the 40s which means we should do 45 to 55 should be the 10 I think that's, and we yeah. haven't read out 10 games on the list in a while so i just want to do that sure. real quick so starting in even though it doesn't really make sense but you, you, <laughs> you can always check the list in the show notes but yeah uh number 45 is mass effect 2 uh yeah. and then max Payne. F Zero, Mirror's Edge, Forza Horizon Five, Darkest Dungeon, Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire, Grand Theft Auto Three, Kingdom Hearts, Donkey Kong Country Three, and the number fifty-five is a Nacronox. I think we should start at the bottom and see how far up it can get mm-hmm. because I don't know. I I, yeah. I I don't really I don't really care a lot where it ends up, um, yeah. but I definitely think. It's nice that I think we can sort of skip Anachronox because you didn't play it. And honestly, I didn't even really play it that much. But um, <laughs> who played it? I mean, really right. nobody. Um, <laughs> Paul didn't play it for sure. Um, but on Anachronox, that was a game that it was all idea. Like the, like the only pleasure in it yeah. was just thinking about the potential. Right. It, it literally it was this. Is, was the video game equivalent of yeah. someone showing up and being like, it'd be cool if there's a game like this and yeah. then like not doing that game. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're like, right. here's my idea for a game. And then that's embedded in yeah. an actual game you got. Right. Advance Wars is much more competent right. than that. Advance Wars and, and actually it, showed up and like made a game yeah. basically. It is a complete package. It just has like, you know, if you play it for a while, you can just kind of see some stuff that can be kind of bothersome. But right. also that's us emphasizing a part of the game that for all we know, 
really didn't matter in 2001. Right. I don't know. Right. But, you know, yeah. it's just kind of an issue there. Um, next is Donkey Kong Country 3. Yeah. Which is a little tough for me because they're ranked pretty close yeah. on and my Donkey list. Donkey Kong Country 3, I think, is a great game. It's just like the third entry in a series where it's like, did we, I don't know. Like, that. the only, to me, the only issue with Donkey Kong Country 3 is that, like, almost... I didn't need more Donkey Kong Country by that point. Like if I if I go yeah. back because I wasn't on that episode either, but I did play Donkey Kong Country three on the SNES back in the day. But it was like I played Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country two. I literally was experiencing burnout by the time I get to Donkey Kong Country three, and it's just like a game I don't feel like I need to play basically. But yeah. I d the levels are still fun. Like it's still a good platformer. But I don't know. Um, it's it it's mostly just that it is kind of unimpressive where. Advance Wars has impressive things to think about, not that it felt wildly impressive to play, but again, you can sort of see what makes it special. And I don't know that I see what yeah. makes Donkey Kong Country 3 special. Yeah, Donkey Kong Country 3 has the it has the weakest soundtrack to me of the yes. of the three Donkey Kong countries. But the thing is it's also competing with like the best video game soundtracks of all time. Yeah. So of course it's like <laughs> difficult for I mean it's still quite good, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely way better than any of the music in Advance Wars. Right. Um but it is yeah, it is kind of it, it's a member of a series where it is definitely not the standout. Right. It's not the number one. There are there are some levels that I remember pretty well, but overall and I think the Super Mario 64 joke was really funny in Donkey Kong Country 3. I think about that a lot. Um, how Grandma is playing in yeah. N64. That's just so good. Right. Um, but I don't know. I think ultimately Advance Wars is more important, more interesting. Yeah. I mean, Donkey Kong Country 3 is like sitting in the middle of a... Like, it's not even better than the, the Donkey Kong Countries we got later. It's not better yeah. than Tropical Freeze. It's right. not better than Donkey no Kong Country Returns. No way. Uh, like... It, yeah well here's honestly we're, i'm talking down donkey kong country 3 but part of that is because i know what's ahead of donkey kong country 3 if like on my own personal list that doesn't exist donkey kong country 3 would be higher than a number of these things right like it just w yeah. i would put it above a lot of this stuff i think it is right is a bit low for our list because it's, it just is where it is but That's like funny because it's higher for me as well yeah i think oh, it just for some sense. reason ended up down here uh, oh but, yeah, because we also let EJ weigh in. Right, we should have done EJ, that. EJ's I, not even in the show. Dunked on it. Uh, so, yeah. but I look at Kingdom Hearts and I and and especially Grand Theft Auto Three and Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire. And it's like I want Advance Wars to go above those. So I'm I'm almost yeah. artificially coming up with reasons to like further push Donkey Kong Country down because I want I want Advance Wars to do better than maybe maybe not even all of these, but at least a couple of those. So I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe maybe we can sort of do Advance Wars as a bit of a a, a placeholder for mm -hmm. the series, you know? Right. right. Um, we can sort of say, like, you know, maybe we'll be nicer to Advance Wars than we will be in the future because maybe someday we'll play another Advance Wars game. We'll be like, all right, this is yeah. the one that we're going to shower praise onto. Um, right. And, you know... Just kind of let Advance Wars get by maybe a game or two that we maybe don't think that Advance right. Wars deserves it as just just a placeholder for the entire series. Because here's the thing. We're going to play more Donkey Kong Country games. Like, yes. Donkey Kong yeah. Country rules. Uh, yeah. And we'll get back to it way faster than we yes. will Advance Wars, Advance Wars. I predict. Yeah. Although I've been I've been on a big kick of I really want to get DS games on the list um, at some point. And I do think an Advance Wars will show up on on the DS list uh, before 
too long. There's a few things that got to happen first, but if Advance Wars comes back, it'll be a DS entry in the series for yeah. sure. It'll be dual strike. Um, yeah. So if it goes above Donkey Kong Country 3, um, I I very much want it to go above Kingdom Hearts because Kingdom Hearts is sort of just this like ridiculous behemoth where the story yeah. is insane and the first entry doesn't even feel worthy of everything that has followed it up. Um, yeah. I would see arguments that it doesn't go above Grand Theft Auto 3. Grand Theft Auto 3 is certainly a more important everything um eh. but i also hate it so whatever uh but but yeah I, I, at the very least can we say advanced wars goes above kingdom hearts i think we can and the reason i think we can is because kingdom hearts is uh frustrated me also a lot i that i ha- had a temper tantrum on stream <laughs> yeah, i even yeah. people got to watch me be very upset by <laughs> kingdom hearts um the kingdom hearts also was like a full length uh triple a style yeah, yeah. video game advanced wars made me very mad but also did not ask of me yes. like a full on JRPG level experience Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts frustrated me and annoyed me and wasn't funny enough it didn't it wasn't it it wasn't drinking its own Kool-Aid enough right which is why I think um, most of the other games are superior to it right um, to be honest I think I bet you Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3 will will rank higher yes Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts, Hearts 1, 1 is a bit too much Disney and later entries yeah. are a bit more Kingdom Hearts you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're, they reject both Disney and uh, Final Fantasy yeah. in favor of just Kingdom being Hearts. like up into its own business <laughs> and that's what makes the series good yeah that's why we need Kingdom Hearts because I don't know what they're talking about but they seem to believe it yeah absolutely. and I like that um, yeah so Grand Theft Auto 3, I'm pushing for it to go above because I, I just think Grand Theft Auto 3 uh, is not fun to play, is certainly not fun to listen to, and mm-hmm. also I just think the sort of direction of open world game design is not my favorite thing that ever happened to video game design. I don't like where it led. That's my arguments that Grand Theft Auto 3 to me is an ill omen of things to come. That That is like the further uh, negatives I attribute to Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah, I'm leaving the door a little more open than you are for Grand yeah. Theft Auto, just in general, because I wonder, I don't know, I, I I still wonder what we'll think if we play Vice City and San Andreas. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I'll like those more. I don't know that, I yeah. don't know that that's true, actually. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's why I'm leaving that's the, the door open for Grand Theft Auto 3 a little bit, Yeah, um, but only a little bit. Um, I just want to mention it is it is ranked a little bit higher than Advance Wars on my personal list. Not much higher. It's like four spots higher. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, Matt, I am I am totally down to concede uh, okay. and let Advance Wars go above Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah. I look at Star Wars Shadows of the Empire and I look at Darkest Dungeon in a little bit of a clump together. And I say okay. oh, earlier, I said Advance Wars, I think, is a, is, is a pretty smart game, whatever that means. It doesn't mean anything, but I said it right I think Darkest Dungeon is smarter, and I think it is more cohesive as a, a sort of a storytelling device. I think it's way more cohesive. Mm-hmm. I do not envision a world where I let Advance Wars go above Darkest Dungeon. That that seems okay. very strange to me. So then what I'm saying is the final conversation is which side of Star Wars it goes on, and... I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't really care between the two of them. So I, I leave it more up to you because to me, they both just have their their issues. They both have their time in in, in place. Star Wars, obviously, uh, Shadows of the Empire has the bigger history, although I think Advanced Wars has a pretty important history as well for, for what it is. But 
I don't know. I always find myself qualifying Advance Wars in that way for what it is, right? And yeah. that has to that has to come to to roost at some point of, but yeah. it is what it is. So let's judge it for that. They're kind of in a similar chunk on my list. I, I rank Star Wars just a little bit higher than Advance Wars. Um, I think the reason why I'm down for it to also go above Advance Wars on the OGA list is because I just think Star Wars made for a, a better topic of discussion. Yes. Yeah. Advance Wars is very kind of, it's, it's, it's tight, it's confined, it's just trying to be one thing. Right. And it does it all right with some qualms. Right. <laughs> Star Wars Shadows of the Empire was, was showed up to work wearing five different hats you know what i mean <laughs> right it had a, a wrench on it it, ha it had a gun you know it it had a ladle it was ready to cook it was ready to to clean yeah, and yeah. fix your car okay okay when you compare the for what it is is what Advance Wars is, it's like, for what it is, it's pretty good. It's just really trying to attempt to be a tactics game on a handheld system. And then Star Wars is like, for what it is, I'm wearing 14 badges and 30 yeah, hats. Yeah. Like, what do you mean it's, for what it is? Star Wars Shadows of the Empire is actually bad for what it is. But that what is so much it's more. So huge. Yeah. The what is in all caps, bold, <laughs> underlined, italics. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Star Wars Shadows of the Empire is like a college student trying to make the entirety of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like that. It is like children making, you know, Lord of the Rings. That's such a good way to put it. Um, yeah, but yeah, Advance Wars. It's it's cool. It's good. Yeah. Uh, if you like that type of game, you should play it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but maybe you could also just wait for the Switch version because oh, then you can play it online. Yeah, and I wonder how many people will be like, no, what, I really love Advance Wars, but my hope is that you can look at it, and if you were like a big Advance Wars fan, what I want to hear from you is, is Advance Wars number one your favorite one? Or yeah. does it like get way better, right? What what happens with this series? That's what I want to know because my what I kind of feel like is probably Advance Wars hooked some people but then like later entries cemented that hook. Right, or tightened on the design. Um, I right. actually looked, I was curious about this and looked at the reviews for Advance Wars 2, and I read something interesting. So Advance Wars 2 did not was not reviewed as well as Advance Wars 1, mm -hmm. um, and the reason why was because it was considered too similar to the original <laughs> Advance Wars, interesting. which might not matter at all yeah. in 2023 if... Right. The design is a little tighter. Like, imagine it's Advance Wars 1 with less qualms, you yeah, know, yeah. with less like, oh, this level kind of sucks, you know, right. with with more of it being deeply considered. I can imagine back in 20 or in 2001 or whenever it yeah. came out, probably 2002, 2003, um, that reviewers were like, is this enough to justify like buying this game? But right. now, who cares? You know, now yeah. it's just like, well, which one has the better levels? You know, that's all that yeah. really matters. And I wonder if it's Advance Wars 2. But yeah. Who knows? I, I look I look at Advance Wars 1's Metacritic of 92, and I look at Advance Wars Dual Strike for the DS's rating of 90. That 90 means way more to me than the 92 does on the new entry in this thing the West has never seen. You know what I mean? Right. Like that yeah. that is so much more substantial uh than than like, well, yeah, it's the first time you did it. We all went nuts because we'd never seen anything like it before or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, please let us know. Uh, Advance Wars fans in the chat, please uh, yeah. please blow up our inbox. I, I, I really want to hear from people that are into this game because this game is in my wheelhouse mm -hmm. and I haven't really stopped thinking about it since I've played it, even if 
I sounded pretty conflicted yeah. throughout this episode. Oh, oh, man. You know what I didn't bring up? We, we, it came right up against Darkest Dungeon, and I did not... I, I forgot that I wrote this note down, and I'm just catching it here at the end of the episode, so I wanted to get this in there, because I'll regret having not said this. Uh, I was thinking about the difficulty of Advance Wars, which it's not like a crazy difficult game, but there's like moments where... It's a game that does like punish your time, right? If you if you're gonna fail a mission, like sometimes it doesn't happen for a while into the mission or whatever. And I have a history of being mad at games that punished my time or whatever. This is I'll just I'll read what I wrote down while I was experiencing this in the game. A hard action game. I wrote this down like right after we finished talking about Elden Ring. Basically, this came right off the back of Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. A hard action game in my head means I may never solve it, right? In the same way we talked about last week with Super Smash Bros. Melee. Action games, things that require a certain dexterity, I may never solve that problem. I don't trust my hands or my body enough. But a hard puzzle game, I know that there is a solution and I just need to solve it with enough time. So hard puzzle games get this completely different pass from me for wasting my time than hard action games ever do. And that was something I felt like I was constantly experiencing with Advance Wars was like, I did not mind resetting the level. I did not mind getting set back like a big chunk of time or whatever, because it was just like, nope, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out this puzzle real quick. And at some point I will figure out the puzzle and then I'll break through The second you solve the puzzle, that's the only step. Whereas in an action game, you solve the puzzle, then you must execute the puzzle. And the execution right. is so much more difficult for me as a gamer to sort of cope with or whatever. Um, and all of that also makes me reconsider Darkest Dungeon a little bit more. Advance Wars made me think more about Darkest Dungeon, uh, right. just in terms of like, if I'd really sat with that more and allowed the puzzle to sort of wash over me, I think I would have thought of Darkest Dungeon even more favorably. Yeah, I think we did it dirty. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, what we are we are talking about uh, once we hit 100, going back to a uh, handful of games to right. kind of reevaluate before we move on into the next 100. Yeah. And uh, I got that one on my mind yeah. as it's one of the ones it's to do it for. flagged for some replay. I agree. It's yeah. very much flagged for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, th this was a this was a fun one. I'm it was I'm excited that we're we're past it, though, because yeah. mostly <laughs> everything forward until yeah. the end of season one is like all really exciting yeah. stuff to me. Yeah, well, the, like, the next stuff on the radar is the Kojima double header. We got Snatcher yeah. into Metal Gear yeah. Solid 2, so things yeah. are about to get yeah. nuts over here on OGA. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, if you are... Oh, my God, I'm so excited to talk to you all about Snatcher. What a game. What a wild yeah. experience. I have been listening to the soundtrack mm -hmm. to Snatcher nonstop. Yeah. I love when you find an old game that was, you know, difficult to get a hold of, not something, you know, because like the hipster uh, in everyone wants to say that obscure, weird things are always better. Yeah, That's sure. what the hipster wants to do. And obviously the hipster is is full, full of doo-doo. Yeah. Who care? Who care? Yeah. But Snatcher's really good. <laughs> like, it's actually worthy of the, like, you need to find yeah. a way to get a hold of this. The fact that we can't play Snatcher, that insult. it's not just available to everyone, is yeah. so ridiculous to yeah. me. Anyways. Man. Ex I'm excited for next can't week. Wait. Yeah. yeah. Hey, everyone. It's not a long game. If you're listening to this right now, just go, like, you have a week. You have a week, and yeah. we're telling you right now. Go play Snatcher. Make that Go your week's mission, so that you could, so that when you listen to us talk about it next week, you're just right there with us. Be ready to just like scream exultations of joy. That's what next week is going to be. I guarantee you. And yep. you should just share that with us. That is my encouragement to you: is just go play Snatcher right now before we talk yep. about it. Yep. Yep. 
Do it, okay? <laughs> do it, all right? Okay? You have your That's orders. Your mission. What are you still doing here? Go yeah. away. Like, get, get out, out of here. here. <laughs> Turn it off. Turn off the episode. Get, you have things to do, soldier. <laughs> Old Gamer's Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac. Oh.